0: In our search for more renewable energy options, one idea out there is geothermal, but it has failed to really gain any traction because the cons always seem to outweigh the pros. My next guest believes he's found the solution. Calgarian John Redford is the president and CEO, co-founder of Ever Technologies. He joins us this afternoon. John, thanks so much for your time.
1: Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure being here again.
0: You've got an interesting background and and maybe we can just start there because some people might not think you're background would lead you to geothermal energy talk about your earlier days
1: well my earlier days have repeatedly been coming back to calgary i've lived around the world over in london even in china for 13 years Uh, but i keep coming back to calgary for various opportunities and, and family family reasons as well so I'd like to say I'm the most committed person to Calgary because I've moved here at least six times.
0: Well, that's great to hear. So <laughs> how does that journey then get you down the road of geothermal and really wanting to open it up to the world?
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it was. we were sitting around in Calgary back in you know, 2014, 2015, 2016. Everyone in Calgary knows the era I'm talking about when it was pretty bleak. But the only growth industry in the oil in the oil patch at that time was world abandonments and we looked at that and looked at the eighty billion dollar you know hit that was going to be to the uh, to the provincial economy to turn all those abandoned wells back into grassland. We said there's got to be a better use for that eighty billion and and for that property, and that's when we started looking at geothermal, and that's when we discovered that geothermal even though it has lots of great attributes like it's uh, not intermittent, it's firm, it you know goes day and night, it uh, builds on all the skills we have here in Alberta. It really had never gone anywhere, certainly not in Canada, where there wasn't a kilowatt of geothermal power, and even worldwide, it's a tiny amount of the fraction, fraction of the total power output, even so, it's been around for a long time. And so that sort of started us on our journey, and was we asking, well, why? Why has it not succeeded? And then that led us straight to here. It was a few roundabouts in between.
0: Remind my listeners what geothermal energy is
1: basically heat from the ground that is brought to the surface to be used either directly uh, for district heating or things like that or to generate power by boiling you know a liquid into a steam and turning a turbine
0: and Alberta is all about drilling. So the trouble is, whenever we talk about geothermal, it seems like we, we talk about the economics, the scale of economics, and it just doesn't make sense. It's just too much effort for what you're actually going to get when it comes down to the bottom line.
1: Yeah, that that's the old uh, joke that we want to make incorrect, which was geothermal, all the risk but none of the reward of hydrocarbons because you have all the same sort of expiration risk and execution risk and production risk, but at the end of the day, you end up with hot water. Um, so we're changing that equation by reducing the risk. In fact, we're taking the geology out of out of geothermal. And instead of going and doing all the oil and gas stuff where you search for a reservoir and then you produce it, and there's all the complications and uncertainty, both at the expiration stage and at the production stage, that it needs a high rate of return, which it gets. What we're doing for our geothermal is we're taking all the risk out of it, we're drilling down, or all the geological risk anyways, we're drilling down and creating what is essentially a 50 or 60 kilometer long well bore. That's all on a bunch of different branches, but we we do that and it's sort of more of a manufacturing. And then we just circulate water in that radiator and that water absorbs the heat when it's in the subsurface, so going through all the well bores, brought to the surface and then used in a normal way. But doing it this way, the actual output is totally predictable, just like wind and solar over a 10 or 20 year period. And so it's definitely bankable. And we've got lots of financiers lining up. There's literally a wall of money that wants to go in once we prove it up with some of our uh, first commercial projects.
0: How does that differ than some of the geothermal technology that is out there now, because I always understand it as a drilling down and then being able to get the heat back up or the hot water that creates the energy or heats your house. So how is the ever technology different
1: It's a good question. It looks superficially the same, but it's fundamentally different There's basically two different types of geothermal: the traditional one which is called hydrothermal or or enhanced, which basically amounts to finding a, a subsurface aquifer with really high permeability that's also hot, and you drill down into it and produce it out of that. An innovation on top of that might be to it, frack to get more permeability, but essentially the same thing with the same risk. What we're doing down is we're just drilling down. We're not fracking. We're just, you know, it's very much like... Uh, let's say SAG-D, which has multiple laterals that go and inject heat into the ground, uh, we're extracting heat. But we're extracting heat just by creating this wellbore, this radiator, that is circulating cold water and it absorbs the heat from the rock without producing any water in and out of the rock. We're not looking for an aquifer, we're not fracking, we're not injecting water so it comes out somewhere else. All of those activities are fraught with uncertainty, especially when you're just talking about hot water. Uh, And whereas ours, very differently, because it's all based on simple conduction, we can predict what the output is before we even drill a well. And once it's up and running, we've basically created a multi-generational asset, thing that's for 50 to 100 years is gonna just keep producing heat just by letting this water circulate. And in fact, one of the neat features of it, it circulates on its own through a thermosiphon effect, and what that means is as the water heats up, you on the up column, because it's a closed loop, uh, you have hot, less dense water, and on the other side, you end up with cold, denser water, and it sort of pumps itself for, for eternity, bringing the heat up to the surface where you extract the heat for you know heating or, or, or power production, and then it just goes back down on its own. Sounds a little complicated but it really isn't it's just a big radiator and you know just absorbing the heat from the rock as the water goes through it and around and around in a cycle so there's an input well there's a whole bunch of well bores underground that we don't case or anything like that we just seal the water goes through those absorbs the heat and this hotter less dense water naturally rises up the out pipe of the radiator arrives at the surface where the heat is harvested for either direct heat use or for generation of power. So it's very, very simple. The complicated thing is how do you do that consistently and cost-effectively? And that, It's in that process that we have a lot of you know intellectual property and other tools that we developed to allow us to do that. So the concept's simple and has actually always been the holy grail of how people would like to do things. But, you know, we're, we we figured out how to do it. Or we've convinced people we figured out how to do it. And we're doing it right now.
0: John Redfern is my guest this afternoon. President, CEO, co-founder of Ever Technologies. Again, Ever is E-A-V-O-R in case you're Googling it. So you say you have managed to show this closed-loop radiator system is working. I'm, I'm guessing did, on a smaller scale?
1: On a smaller scale, um, just a, a loop of... Uh, two-and-a-half kilometres by two-and-a-half kilometres and one multilateral on it. But it was drilled in near Rocky Mountain House here in Alberta, and it's been working exactly as predicted continuously since 2019. And it was that proof of concept that then you know, convinced the bankers and the other oil companies that they wanted to buy in. And we did the same thing again uh, down in New Mexico, that uh, was volcanic hotter rock to so show we could do the same thing there. And those are the two demos. And now we've moved on to a commercial, uh, the first commercial project.
0: And where's that commercial project?
1: A commercial project is actually in Bavaria, in Germany, which, if you look on the website, looks remarkably like the Alberta foothills, believe it or not. So, what's exciting about this for myself? is the fact that it not only greens the local economy, it provides the basis of an export industry where we can lead the world. Because so it's all based on what we do best here. Drilling and hydrocarbon stuff. Those are the building blocks. Which is a fundamentally different impact than you know putting solar and wind in Alberta. That greens Alberta, it doesn't give it a strong export sector that supports the standard of living we want. The other thing that your listeners might be interested in in is sort of more of the stats on the first project, which the remarkable thing about this little startup we have here in Calgary is we're doing one of the most difficult things uh, business-wise that you can, which is raise money for a first of its kind commercial project. And raise money, we have, um, you know, about a half billion dollars in grants and equity And, of course, on top of that, there's, you know, hundreds of millions of debt that go into the various projects and on project finance basis. But we've raised a lot of money doing that we were the... uh, and and gained a lot of political attention as well because this is sort of the perfect... the perfect mix of green technology with local uh, job creation. You know, the other things that have happened recently is we were you know, an example of that is we were the first uh, recipient of the uh, Canada Growth Fund that was just been set up, fifteen billion dollar fund. The first one of that went here. That was ninety million dollar investment. And the other thing we're very proud of is we're a small Calgary pre-revenue startup still, and yet we still had a one hundred and thirty-four million dollar grant from the EU. So we convinced the EU that we were worth investing in, despite the fact that all the other grant recipients were like European multinationals. So there's a couple of a couple of the things that sort of steps that were. Uh, useful as we went
0: along it's exciting to be able to share this john and i hope uh, you are able to continue on this journey and we're able to include geothermal in with with solar and wind as we try to find all these different sources of energy for the future i really appreciate your time john
1: likewise anytime